Again, sorry. If you have a white Ford Fiesta, the lights are flashing. You can go out to the parking lot and uh, take a look at that. It's probably just a remote thing. Thank you. Good morning and welcome to Murray Hill Church. We'd like to ask that you stand and sing with us as we worship together. Sing with me. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. It changes everything. We sing with all we are and we claim your victory. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. For fear cannot survive when we praise you. 
Good morning. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're here in the building, if you're joining us online, excited to have you uh, with us in whatever way you can connect with us this morning. I um, want to let you know about a couple things. Um, first, if you missed the announcement that's been running the last uh, couple weeks, on Thursday we officially were able to reopen Helping Hands. So really excited about that. Thankful for uh, the continued, uh, you know, increase in our, in our vaccinations and uh, the ability to continue to feel safe. Uh, volunteers, Miss Barbara, I heard it was a great day. We got to reconnect with a bunch of our um, people that come and support Helping Hands. If you missed that announcement, know that it's going to be every Thursday moving forward, and there may be an opportunity to increase more than one day, but we like one day a week right now. We feel good about that. Um, and so if you see that come through uh, social media from Murray Hill Church, feel free to share it. Feel free, uh, you know, to make calls or let people know because um, have a great group of volunteers there. And that's a great outreach uh, that we're able to do here for the Murray Hill community and for some of the areas surrounding. So definitely excited to see that back open uh, and functioning again. We've got all our regular options uh, for participating with us in giving. Uh, there's online giving options. We still have the baskets if you're comfortable uh, joining us here uh, in the building. You can do those in the baskets. You can send uh, a check through snail mail. You can do uh, whatever is easiest for you um, so that you uh, continue to worship with us, continue uh, to have the opportunity to, con to connect with us uh, as we reach out to the community and, and do what we can. Uh, to let them know uh, about the love of God and, and what we have the opportunity uh, to experience. If you are also considering uh, membership, there is both membership, if you're comfortable in the building, and online membership. So you can shoot us uh, a text message or an email, and we can get you more information about what that looks like uh, to be a part of Murray Hill Church, uh, but to do it in an online format. So I don't know uh, if you are aware, um, but uh, school is out. It's a positive thing. If you're a, a Duval County teacher, we, get, we have one more day of post-planning, but the children are out, um, so they're probably going to be everywhere, just a heads up. Um, but I, I've seen on uh, social media, and uh, I got to experience uh, again at, at Jackson this year, uh, graduation. And so you see um, you know, people that are posting their, their 12th grade picture, or, you know, they've got their diploma, and then what it was like the first day of ninth grade, and then the last day of 12th grade, or, or some of them, you know, that they're going to do the full 13 years. They were really with it. They took a, a picture in kindergarten and a picture in 12th grade, or my, my daughter's going to be going into fifth grade uh, next year, so we've got one, you know, from each grade going through, and so, um, Everybody graduates these days. Fifth graders graduate, and eighth graders graduate, and twelfth graders graduate. Uh, and so there's lots of um, opportunities uh, to, to see where kids are now uh, and to look back four years or look back three years or six years or, or 13 years. And um, you see differences in, in what they look like. A lot of times personalities don't necessarily change. Um, but some of their friends and things like that change through the years, depending on what school uh, they're at and who they're connected with. And, and I started thinking about um, what that would be like uh, if we reflected on that um, in regard to our walk with Christ. And, and we looked at uh, what we look like today, what, what our relationship with Christ is like 
today and, and we looked back three years or we looked back four years or, or we looked back 13 years and, and we looked at where we came from and we looked at all the opportunities, all the blessings, all the things that we were able to experience, the people we got to know, the relationships that we built and just take a minute and think through that and think about all the times where God showed up and all the times maybe where, where we were scared, where we were unsure, where we didn't know what the next day held, and yet we can look back and see how He took care of us and how He put people in our lives to minister to us, to walk alongside us. So we're just going to take a minute um, before we go back and, and continue singing. Um, let's just take a minute to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Uh, whether it's uh, that you had an opportunity uh, this year uh, to see um, a son, a daughter, a nephew, a niece, someone in your family uh, reach one of those milestones and, and you take a minute to, to thank God for them. Uh, and maybe just for you, thinking back over the last three years, four years, six years, times uh, where you know that God intervened in your life and you can take an opportunity to thank Him for that. God, we know how active you are in this world. We know how, how your Holy Spirit moves because we have an opportunity to experience that on a daily basis. You allow us to connect with you, to feel your peace in tough times, your love when we feel like we're unlovable. We, we just sang in, in one of our songs, you turn the orphan into a son and daughter. And, and the transition from being an outcast, from, from being an orphan, from being someone who is not connected to anybody, to joining a family where you're called son, where you're called daughter, where you get all the, the rights and privileges from being a part of that family. God, we thank you for your willingness to look past our screw-ups, to look past the times where, where we were focused on us and what we wanted, and that was the most important thing and that your arms are open, that you're ready and willing to take in orphans, to make them a part of the family. Thank you for your sacrifice, and thank you for your willingness to make us family members. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
talk about God's amazing love, it calls to mind this passage from 1 Timothy, where Paul said to Timothy that at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All glory and power to him forever. Amen. 
Let's worship that Lord together. Fulfill the law and- 
Heavenly Father, we come before you praising you for the King of Kings, praising you for the kingdom that he established, thanking you that we get to be a part of that kingdom and represent it here and now. And Father, I just, I thank you for the hope that we have, for the eternal hope that is before us. I thank you for the peace that we can experience on the journey right now, no matter what goes on in this world because we worship the one who has the name that is above all names, and that is Jesus. So, Father, I pray that this time would be everything you want it to be. I pray that it would honor you. I pray that your spirit would show up at every seat in this room and every seat that is watching, and that this morning would be transformational for all of us. Bless this time. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. It's great to be back with you, and uh, I appreciate so much the chance to get back and see my parents, who I haven't seen in a while, and, uh, but it's great to be back and be home and to interact with you again, and doggone it, I miss you when I'm gone, so I didn't think that'd ever happen, but it, but it does all the time, so anyway, it's great to see you and great to be back. Um, I realized this week, and I guess I knew this, but it really was reaffirmed for me this week that the pandemic is going to change everything, or at least most everything. And some things I think eventually will get back to the way they used to be, but, but I went to the grocery store this week, and there was a sign on the door that said, following the CDC guidelines, those who have been vaccinated, whether employees or, or, or uh, customers, do not have to wear a mask. And I was like, that's me. I had my mask in my pocket, and I thought, I'm going in. I thought, this is good. We're making progress. And about six steps in, it hit me. I don't have my mask on. Am I supposed to be doing this? This just doesn't feel right. Now, for those of you who are old enough to remember, we used to not have to wear seatbelts. I won't ask you to raise hands. But they made a law that you had to wear seatbelts, and then after, and we didn't like it. Right, But after a couple of years, if you started driving without your seatbelt, you felt like a piece of clothing was missing. Right, It was like, ugh. That's what it was like in the grocery store. I was like, is this really okay? So I went on to the produce section, and I was standing before the apples. That's just a detail. And, and I looked up, and there was a man looking at me. He had a mask on, and he had a child with him. And I thought, I'm not sure he's looking at me right. Now, there was no way for me to know that because he had a mask on, but I was like, I, I need to get a T-shirt. It says, I've been vaccinated, right? Because you think about it, 24 months ago, had we seen somebody in the grocery store with a mask on, we would have thought, oh, that person has some kind of sickness that they can't get sick, so they need to protect themselves, right? Now, on this side of it, it's like, we see people wear a mask in the future, we're not going to think much of it, because it's just part of who we've become. Right or wrong, that's just the reality. And so I, I think it's important for us to realize that things are not going to be the same. Some things are going to change dramatically and will always be that way. And some may even go back to normal. But, but, but I, I want us to talk about this reality that this thing is going to come to an end. All right? And hopefully it's on its way out. Historically, if you ever read about pandemics, it should be just about over um, unless there's some major new strain that envelops the world. Um, that we should be coming out of this thing. 
And so I, I want us to scripturally step back and say, okay, as a follower of Jesus, how do I need to approach this? How do I need to go back into real life? What does it need to look like? So I have, we have a series here of, of a bunch of Fs. And I don't know why I was being real creative and I had a bunch of Fs and they didn't need to be Fs, but just, I, I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about friends today. And really we're talking about more than friends. We're talking about relationships. How are my relationships going to be different? How do I need to approach those relationships? And so we're going to look at that this morning and, and maybe be thankful for who God's put in our lives. So we're going to look at Proverbs. And so just a little background on Proverbs. Um, I read way more background on Proverbs than I wanted to read because uh, there is debate about who wrote it all and that sort of thing. But I won't bore you with that. We're just going to say Solomon wrote it, what we're talking about today. But one of the things that uh, is interesting about the Proverbs is in so many of the chapters, there are not consecutive verses talking about the same thing. Right? So you'll have a phrase, you talk about something, then it'll go on to the next thing. And so that's what we're going to, we'll see that today, just one verse that, where he talks about this. And so we're in Proverbs chapter 18, and we will read verse 24 as where we'll camp out. But, but I want to start in 22, so you can kind of see how... He just changes subjects like this. So it's probably just a recordings of, of different things that, that were said. So Proverbs 18, uh, 22 through 24, page 646, if you're in the room using the Pew Bible. And so these are wise sayings of Solomon. He was called the wisest man to ever live up to that point, though he didn't really finish well. Um, his wise decisions stopped at some point. Um, but 22 through 24, kind of see how he changes subjects here. So verse 22, he says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Now just as a side note, Solomon so believed this, he got married 700 times. All right? Verse 23, changes subject. He says, The poor plead for mercy, but the rich answer harshly. And so he talks about how the rich mistreat the poor. Then verse 24, we're going to camp out. He says this, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And, and what I want us to see here is this overarching reality that close friends and close family are an amazingly wonderful gift from God. Okay, so now keep that in mind, because what I'm about to tell you may make you uncomfortable, I don't know, but, but the translation in the NIV is really bad. When you go through the Hebrew, and really it's just one word that's off, that word unreliable, what it really says, it should say many. One who has many friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The idea is, is that there can be all kinds of people in your life that you're acquainted with, all kinds of people that you are friendly with. But if that's how you live your life and you don't have people who are close to you, you're missing out one of the most precious parts of the journey. You see, God has blessed us with people who are close to us. And, and I think one of the things that happened in the pandemic is that our circles grew smaller, or they were at least redrawn. 
And so we, we began to realize that these are the people that are really my people. These are the people I've connected to, whether they're family or they're friends. These are the ones God has blessed me with. These are the ones that if I have a problem at one o'clock in the morning, I can call them and they'll come help me. Not all of our people that we know are that way, right? But there is a handful of people, probably in your life, and maybe it's just one or two that are that way with you. And I think Solomon is saying, listen, you need to realize what a blessed gift it is to have people in your life who are this close to you. You see, the other thing the pandemic has taught us is that life is fragile. It's fragile. And if you're like our family where you've lost someone because of the disease, you are reminded very deeply how fragile it is. And so we need to understand and we need to realize that when God brings people into our lives who are in that inner circle for us, they are, they are an incredibly precious gift. And there's a difference between them and acquaintances. Because we don't have the capacity to, to have 150 friends. We just can't keep up with that. We can have 150 acquaintances, but you're, you only have a few who are friends who are close as a brother, Solomon would say. I'm reminded of the story of David and Jonathan, King David, who was Solomon's daddy. Uh, he, he was growing up, and he had, a, he had a friend named Jonathan, and Jonathan was King Saul's son. And by birth, Jonathan should have been the next king, but Jonathan knew that God had set aside David to be king, and he had pledged his faithfulness to David. But David and Jonathan were incredibly close friends. In fact, the scripture says their souls were knit together. It's a very powerful way to say how, how close they were. And David came to Jonathan one day, and he said, Jonathan, why is your dad trying to kill me? And Jonathan said, what are you talking about? My dad tells me everything, and, and he hasn't mentioned anything negative to you like that. He said, Jonathan, he knows we're close, so he's not going to say that to you. He said, okay, here's how we can know, David said to Jonathan. Upcoming, there's a feast that I'm supposed to go to, and I'm not going to show up. And I want you to tell your dad, King Saul, that I've gone to Bethlehem to celebrate with my family. And his response will tell you whether or not I'm telling you the truth. If it's not a big deal, then I'm wrong. He doesn't care about me. But if he becomes angry, you'll know he's trying to kill me. So in the story, what happens is Jonathan goes to the celebration or the feast with his dad. And finally Saul says, well, where's David? And he says, hey, he's gone to Bethlehem to celebrate with his family. And in the story, Saul became so enraged, he yelled and he screamed. He picked up a spear and threw it at his son trying to hit him. And Jonathan was like, well, I guess he's mad. So they had this store, they had this method to, to figure out that, that Jonathan was going to communicate with arrows, and you can read about that. But eventually they talked, and, and Jonathan said, you know, you're right, you've you got to get out of here. And then they, they pledged their faithfulness to each other, and their care for each other, and just it's a beautiful, beautiful story if you want to take time to read it. But David had Jonathan a friend closer than a brother. And I hope that as you have gone through this pandemic and as we begin to come out of it, you, be, you begin to realize and remember how precious those people are. 
And as you begin to reconnect, that, that you would realize they're a precious gift from God, that, that God has brought these folks into your life. That's very special people. And I know sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to let yourself be open to others. I, I, I get that. You know, as a pastor, we moved around, and, and it, was, it was very hard to, to let ourselves become close friends. But every place we've been, we could look back, and I could sit down with my wife and just say the first names of the people, and she would immediately think of them. And we know that any time we interact with them, it, it's like we never left. Because those people are such a, a special part of our journey. And so I hope that in the pandemic, you have you will step back and you will see the people who are a part of your circle and celebrate them. Thank God for them. Ask God how you can bless them and how you can nurture those relationships and be willing to do that. Because as followers of Jesus, we weren't designed to take this journey alone. We just weren't. You read all through the New Testament and you see the, the teachings on the spiritual gifts and you see the, the connectedness. We weren't, we weren't designed to do this by ourselves. We were designed to do it together. And so we need to celebrate those people, be thankful for them, and pray how we can interact and help them and meet their needs. Now, I don't want to camp out on the negative here, but I think this is important too pandemic may have taught you some things about people you didn't want to know. In fact, you may have discovered that the distance between you and someone else has brought a great deal of peace in your life. I'm not telling you to ignore people. I'm not telling you to abandon people. But I'm telling you, if someone brings disdain and despair into your life and that went away because they weren't a part of the journey, you need to reconsider things. You need to reestablish the relationship in a different way. Solomon actually talked about this, um, and he said it this way um, in Proverbs 22, 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. The idea is, you know, if there was someone when they were around and you were friends and your blood pressure went up every time you're with them, it might be time to reconsider that connection. Right? Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians. He said, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And again, I don't want to camp out on the negative part of this, but, but hopefully we've realized in the pandemic who we need to surround ourselves with and who we need to separate from. And some of those close friends may need to become acquaintances, and some of those acquaintances may need to become close friends. So I want to encourage you to look in your life Look what's happened in the pandemic. Look who's a part of that close circle and praise God for them. Praise God. And realizing that, that life is so short and life is so precious that you need to build those relationships and make them a priority.
So that leads me to the second part of this. And really, you're hearing me preach to myself on this part. Okay? And it is this, is that you need to learn to soak in the minutes that God gives you with those people. You see, some of us are task-driven. Right? Some of us will have a party... And we're so concerned about the party going right that we forget that there's actually people showing up for it. And when the party happens, you don't pay attention to everybody that's going on. You want to make sure everything's just right. It's kind of the Mary Martha thing. Remember the story of Jesus and Mary and Martha? He went to their house, and Martha was making sure everything was clean and making sure the food was right. And Mary, her sister, was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him teach. And Martha came out of the kitchen and said, Jesus, do you see what's going on here? I'm working my fingers to the bone, and my sister's sitting there listening to you. And Jesus' response was classic. He said, Martha, Martha, Mary's focused on what matters. And that's hard for a task-driven person to hear. But I think sometimes that, that we get so focused on, especially those of us who are task-driven, we get focused on what needs to be accomplished that we forget that there are people involved. And I've learned, relearned through the pandemic that if it doesn't get done, it's okay because it's the people that matter. And so I want to encourage you, as I encourage myself, as you go into those situations where you interact with people, even take time to pray and pray, God, please help me to enjoy these minutes. Help me to celebrate the people that are around the table with me or in the room with me. Help me to see them and focus on them. Because they are a blessing. And we don't know how many more minutes like that we're going to have. One of the things that's interesting about life is that we never have two minutes that are exactly the same. You ever thought about that? In your life, there are never two minutes that are exactly the same. You may feel different. You may be wearing something different. You may be interacting with a different person in a different way. You may have a bad mood or a good mood, different people around. There's never two minutes that are exactly the same. And so we, we need to see those minutes that we have with our loved ones, with our friends, with our family as precious gifts, and we need to soak them in. But we need to make them a priority. So we went back to Texas and um, spent a couple of weeks, and, and I got to go into my parents' apartment for the first time in 15 months. I'd seen them a couple of times. The first time it was through glass, talking on a cell phone. And uh, that was really hard. Uh, the other couple of times we sat outside and ate lunch, and uh, then they went back inside and I left. But this time was the first time in 15 months. They finally, so they, they live in an independent living place, and it's uh, nobody in that place got the virus, which they're all in their 80s and older, which is phenomenal. And, and so uh, it's in Texas. And so uh, I went in and I got to go into their apartment for the first time. And now, if you haven't been in your parents' apartment for 15 months, there's a lot of assignments that you have to do. And so the, the task-driven thing kicks in. But I will say that it was amazing just to sit at the table with them and eat. And to take in those moments. 
Because for 15 months, I couldn't do it. See, I want to encourage you that these moments that we have as we get back out there and as we begin to interact with people again and we reconnect with our friends, those are, those are precious gifts. And it should be an honor to interact with them. See, one of the things that we forget is this is how Jesus functioned. Remember, he, he would go around and he would teach and he would have huge crowds until he would say something they didn't like and then the crowd would thin out. But he always had 12 guys around him. We call the disciples. And he invested in those 12 guys for three years. But you know, of those 12 guys, there were three in the inner circle. There were three he was really close to. Peter, James, and John. When he went on the mountain to pray and the Transfiguration, they didn't all 12 go, just Peter, James, and John. When it came time to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, they didn't all go in the deeper part of the garden to pray with him. It was just Peter, James, and John. He had these three. He loved them all. He even loved the big crowds. But there were three who were in the inner circle. And he took care of those relationships. I think it's important for us to see that even the greatest relationship person of all time didn't have the same relationship with everybody. And it's okay. It's okay. So as we, we've gone through this pandemic and we've had to go through all the things that we've gone through and we are starting to come out. If you've been to a restaurant lately, you know people are starting to come out and it is, it is uh, places are filling up and they're everywhere. <laughs> but celebrate the people God's blessed you with. God didn't create us do this alone. Thank God for them. Pray for them. Invest in them. Celebrate them. Express to them your love. Because you don't know how long they're going to be in your life. Sometimes they move. Sometimes relationships change. Sometimes you move. Celebrate today with the people God's blessed you with. And it makes the journey so much more fun. Do life together as we were designed to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the people throughout our journey that you brought into our lives. And so many people who are so special in the past and in the current reality. And Father, I want to pray for anyone here that struggles with the reality that 
People are first. And I pray that as connections are remade, that relationships will be built, that eternal relationships will be built in such a powerful way. Let your love would make us like Jonathan and David with the right people. Father, I want to pray for those who need to change relationships. Give them the courage to create the right boundaries. And Father, I thank you that you didn't design us to go through this journey alone. And, And I pray if there's anyone who is here or who is watching, who is dealing with loneliness, that you would provide for them the right relationships and the right people to move forward in the faith. And Lord, I pray that as the world watches that we will be reminded of the reality that they'll know we are Christians by our love. So Lord, if there's relationships that need to be healed, I pray that that happens. Relationships that need to be renewed. I pray that you open that door. But please, please bring the right people into our lives and on our journeys. Now, Father, I, I want to pray for the most important relationship, and that's the one with you. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here watching that does not know you, that today would be a day of salvation for them. That they would take steps into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That they would make him the center of their world. Would make him the first priority. Give them the desire. Give them the courage. help them say yes to you today. Father, bless this time and make it everything you want it to be. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When Jesus was talking about friends, one of the things that he said is, and this is love, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus said that real love is, is sacrificially putting someone's needs above your own. And that's exactly what he did when he went to the cross. The greatest act of love in the history of the world was Jesus going to the cross. And he went to the cross for you and for me. You see, we all have this sin problem, this reality that separates us from God. And we make choices and decisions that are contrary to God's plan for our lives. And and we call that sin. And that sin creates a distance between us and God. But God did not want to leave us in that state. So Jesus came and went to the cross, was buried, and came back to life to rectify that problem. 
If you've never asked Jesus into your life today and accepted that free gift of grace, we invite you today to receive it as he went to the cross for you. For you. And so if you're here today and, and you know that God is calling you to be a part of his family, then respond today. In just a minute as we sing, we'll invite you to walk through these doors to the Welcome Center and and let's talk about faith and what that looks like. Remember, if you're watching online, you can text us. There'll be folks ready to text back and interact with you. You can email later. But if you know that you need Christ today, respond. Maybe you're here and today is just a, a day you're lonely. Or today's a day you realize, you know what, I need to reconnect with this person or that person. Take the step. You weren't designed to do this alone. Make those relationships a priority. I invite you to respond today and, and let you know if you have questions about anything we've talked about, anything about the scripture, anything about religion, the Bible, whatever. Invite you to ask. You can come to the Welcome Center. We'll talk about that. You can text and ask. But don't let questions get in the way of that which matters most. You respond as you feel led as we stand and worship together. Have you come?
Thank you for joining us to worship Murray Hill. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.